This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, Brad Underwood was thrilled after the Illini's close call, I would say, even though it was 94-79. You knew they were going to win this game against a Division II team, Indiana PA, but uh, Indiana IUP had some really good guards. They were fortunate, Illinois was, that uh, one of their top guards uh, went out with a full body cramp that looked really, really painful. Uh, Armani Foster was a good player that Illinois' guards really struggled to handle. Illinois was a little bit short-handed tonight, but the defensive effort was poor, and uh, the Illini got a battle, and that's what Brad Underwood has kind of been hinting at. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, Derek we thought during the game Brad Underwood's going to love this. There's so much film and, and so much corrections he can make. So while Illini fans might be discouraged by this, it's felt like a wake-up call for them that Brad Underwood was kind of wanting. Absolutely, and I'll be honest, when you hear some of his comments leading into this game that, oh, there's not a talent discrepancy, which, I mean, there is obviously to an extent for sure. I mean, I mean, there's a big talent difference, but in terms of getting tested, in terms of challenging his team, that's, that's something that we definitely saw tonight. And, and he is going to be happy that he's able to use that, that ammunition in practice leading up to the start of the regular season. But uh, they have some things to work on. They have some things to fix, that being Illinois with their turnovers, with their casual defense. And uh, this is just a, another example that maybe not as good as you think you are, at least in terms of this early in the season. And um, yeah, there were some concerning things to see. I mean, it is an exhibition game, but Garbalo was really sloppy. He's got the the brilliance at times and the things that just like, whoa, man, what, what are you thinking there? And uh, But, yeah, the, missing DeMonte, uh, Trent not being out there for very much is, is of course, going to hurt you defensively. But uh, this has been a theme that Brad has continued to talk about is needing to get better there. And uh, they're not the same team at that end that finished last season that was top ten in the country. Yeah, you start to think about tonight. I, I'm starting to think about like this team. If Kofi Coburn didn't come back, because Kofi, despite only what, eight or ten shot attempts, scores 21 points and takes over the game at one point. And you needed him to take over the game to come out with a victory against uh, Indiana PA. Uh, but also Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams, you saw their value of coming back there because Illinois' guards were terrible defensively, and they were undersized compared to IUPs. That's a big concern when you have Curbelo um, and Alfonso Plummer, who played a lot of minutes tonight, on the same court together as Armani Foster, Shondale Jones, bigger guards, especially for D2 guys. They dominated Illinois uh, offensively. So that's a huge concern going into the season, but you should have Trent Frazier at some point. We don't know the severity of the injury. Uh, it was a shoulder injury, but he came back in the game, which seemed very encouraging. Uh, but it is discouraging that he only came back in for two minutes. Maybe they just felt, hey, it's not worth it. you got 11 days to rest this thing. But that, that is a concern for a key player for you. you got to stay healthy and have DeMonte out 
he went through a big workout before the game, looked healthy. He was taking some freshmen off the dribble pretty easily. Uh, and then Austin Hutcherson sounds like that was more precautionary too after having a hard fall on his tailbone uh, going into this game. But you, you saw how much you missed those guys tonight, Derek. And sometimes those guys aren't going to be on the court. And uh, those other guys got to play much better defense. Yeah, and Curbelo, like you said, was getting bullied a little bit. And uh, Foster's a 6'4" guard who averaged 20 a game you know you go back two seasons because they didn't get to play much last year and talented player and, and did give illinois a challenge and a look and are we picking them d2 uh championship champions right? yeah kind of like we were like ohio's probably gonna win an NCAA tournament game and they did yeah <laughs> got a nice pick or two in, in the bracket because of that but uh yeah i mean that, that's a very talented team for for their level but certainly when you look at the Big Ten, and you think about, I mean, a Jaden Ivey is just one example as a bigger guard in the backcourt and not having an I.O. to check him. And uh, I know that when Hutch is out there, you're hoping that just his length, I mean, that fits the profile, but can he play with the physicality uh, of this level is still something that we we're questioning and would have liked to see how he would have handled uh, himself in this game. But uh, Plummer is, is undersized and is not known as a, a lockdown defender. I mean, he's definitely more of a instant impact scorer, but needs to get better at that end. And uh, Curbelo has to, if he's going to get bullied, be able to uh, do some different things finesse-wise or uh, just be in the right spots and get some help. But, yeah, I mean, that's why Trent Frazier's presence is really, really big. I mean, he's an all-league defender, DeMonte. Uh, but just kind of going back to the original point, like collectively as a unit, they got to find a way and be tougher at that end and uh, more sound than they've been here uh, earlier this fall. I think Andre Curbelo is going to be fine. Um, but we do see he had so much usage tonight. Like, he was the only guy that can handle the ball. They had spurts where Brandon Pajimski came in, but he, he's clearly not ready for that. Um, but Andre Corbell had the ball in his hands a lot, and he made some poor decisions and turned the ball over 10 times, Derek. Now, he had 12 assists and 14 points. I, I wrote that he dominated this game for better or worse because the ball was always in his hands. He made some great plays. Not all of them flashy, but just good. I mean, some of the, the lobs he had to Coleman Hawkins pushing it in transition, his ability to cut through the lane and just dish it off is, is, is really unparalleled in college basketball. But at the same time, 10 turnovers. And that's after five in the first exhibition game. He's given a lot of turnovers just because he has the ball so much in his hands. But just the way he's turning it over, the decisions he's making that are leading to that against the lower level competition, he's got to find that balance, Derek, of being the guy who's got the ball in his hands for 30-plus minutes and taking care of it while also making plays. Right, and he's not alone in having turnover concerns early on in the season. Io had that a couple yeah. of times uh, that he ended up ultimately cleaning up as the year went on, but knew that that was uh, a very important thing because you're going to play in tight games and you can't have those costly mistakes that really build up over the course of the game. It's You always got to be careful with comps, and this is even one in, in basketball. But he kind of has – Curbelo has like this Patrick Mahomes vibe to him right now <laughs> in terms of like the turnover-worthy plays, uh, the spectacular plays that really you, you size up his brilliance and – there's a lot of things he does that no one else in college basketball is really doing. or, or it's, it's a very, very short list. But then there's like just the risk that he takes and some of the carelessness that uh, he displays at times. And, I mean, a guy that had at one point, I think it was nine turnovers, and then just from the half-court line just threw a lob over Kofi's head that Curbelo wanted a foul for, I guess, stunting Kofi from getting into the rim. But it looked like it was going to sail over his head even if it had a clean run. So... Uh, that's just one of those things. We've got to let Curbelo do his thing and not change his play style too much, but uh, he's got to rein some of that in and 
it is like you said it's a lot to do with usage but he's got to understand how to how to manipulate that like there will be games that he has four or five turnovers and might have a two to one assist to turnover ratio right yep. i mean he had 12 uh you know assists tonight actually had more assists than turnovers in a 10 turnover game but um yeah he's just got to find he's got to find that balance and, and i don't know if he's just coming out trying to do way too much uh, but certainly, I, th I think it's just got to be a maturity to that. And uh, that's why you like playing these games. Uh, I do want to talk about one more negative, at least early on, before we turn it into some positives. Uh, Brad Underwood really hated the lack of maturity at times. Curbelo got called for a, a technical. He was frustrated uh, as he was going through some of his turnovers and with no, some no calls. And then Coleman Hawkins, who was a big positive tonight, uh, looked at the bench and, and chatted to uh, Indiana PA. When the game was still within 10, I believe it was, uh, Underwood was not very happy with that. The other thing is getting Kofi Coburn the ball. I know you're not going to learn much by getting him the ball, but he only had three shots in the first half, made all of them, had six points. They got to do a better job of that. They finally got it late in the second half, and Kofi had 11 of 15 points during one stretch, had 16 uh, or 15 second half points. Um, he just lifts them so much, Derek. Like, he can cover up so many flaws like he did tonight with just one little stretch where he just absolutely put his huge, huge handprint on it. Yeah, in terms of the immaturity, I mean, Coleman said to some extent, you stink to the, to the bench. It just got kind of more uh, expletive and, uh, yeah, a little more bold, I guess, right in front of a referee late in that game. And uh, Curbelo, who in the past has been chirpy with officials, uh, did not like one of his turnovers or a traveling call that he was he was chirping about and ended up getting the tech and that's got to be cleaned up and I know that Brad mentioned that that won't happen again he said and I, I mean it, with the way that he was in Curbelo's face on the bench and the things that he said to, to Coleman afterwards I can imagine that his point certainly got across there and uh, but yeah to the to your point about feeding Kofi and for him only to have three shot attempts in the first half uh, that's tough I know it was a credit to the game plan that they had at Indiana PA I mean they really crashed the paint had like four or five guys who had feet in the paint at one point whenever they went inside and they were giving Coleman Hawkins wide open shots Grandison they were cool with Illinois taking wide open threes and I don't think that's necessarily maybe a disrespect probably more of a respect to Kofi than it was a disrespect to Illinois shooters but uh, we saw teams do that to some kind of former fashion last year of saying, hey, we'd rather you just shoot threes, and if you're going to beat us that way, then fine. But uh, Illinois is going to have to prove that they're as good of a shooting team as Brad has hyped them up to be. And uh, they, they weren't that tonight, uh, but we'll see going forward. I think Coleman will shoot it well, Grandson on down the line. I know we make somewhat of a deal of Kofi's assist numbers because they're so low, but he had a couple passes out of, the, uh, out of double or triple teams tonight that were pretty good. But it was still, he's within five feet against guys who are smaller than him. I'd rather him take that shot or try to get fouled or make a move than probably pass out to R.J. Melendez. Now, if it's Alfonso Plummer, sure. If it's Trent Frazier, sure. But uh, some of these other guys, you'd rather just take Kofi Gobern. I think the odds are, are higher for that. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we do, let's come back with some positives from this game. I think there was some youth in this game there and a couple veterans that uh, I thought were positives. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Coleman Hawkins made his first start in an Illini uniform, Derek, and I think he should be in the starting lineup when they tip this off for real uh, on November 9th. Now, I I think Coleman's got growth he still needs to make, physicality, how does he deal with that? But I just like the mix when he is on the court with Kofi Coburn, especially to start games. And defensively, I I think he gives you a little bit more versatility. He can score over some people. He can offensive rebound. He had a couple putbacks tonight that were really impressive that, you know, Jacob Grandison can get offensive rebounds, but he might not put them back. Uh, He usually takes them out and you just start a new possession. Um, Coleman's ability to dunk it home or, you know, to pick it right back up and score, I think that's that's really big. Only two of seven from three tonight. They did sag off him, but he can make you pay for that. Um, I just like him in the starting lineup. So I don't know if it's Grandison or Williams to the bench. I prefer Williams because I like DeMonte's glue guy defense off the bench, ability to make a shot. And I do think Jacob Grandison was a positive tonight. Three of seven from three, struggled inside the arc, but five rebounds, two steals, no turnovers. Uh, I just kind of like what he brings to that first group, and and they're longer uh, with him on the court. So... Should Coleman Hawkins start? I, I don't. I'm not going crazy with my expectations of Coleman Hawkins this year, as some are. But I think he could be a very, very good player for them. I just like the versatility he gives them. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. Just in terms of like the steps he's taking with his game, and and he's more dynamic than maybe some of those other guys. Whether you're going to talk about Demonte or Grandison, uh, in terms of what he can do with the ball in his hands, uh, creating something, extending uh, out from three. Not that I mean Demonte was a great catch and shoot guy, obviously as efficient as anybody in the country. Grandison shot it pretty well. Uh, and then defensively, he does need to make sure he's not getting beat off the dribble. I think when he's around the basket, he really provides that extra set of length and, and you know, com- combination with Kofi to challenge shots and, and be a, a rim protector. Uh, yeah, I've, I've really liked the energy level that he's played with. He got out in the break, which was great, and, and someone that Bello can find on lobs, and he had a couple at really athletic finishes. Uh, he just he plays really hard, and, and he does – well, he needs to continue to get more physical and tough. I mean, he's got a he's got a grit to him. Like he's he plays with a little bit of nastiness to him as well. Uh, I think if you're going with your best lineup at the start, which Underwood hasn't always he's told us he doesn't care about starting lineups. But if you want to do that, I would probably sub him out or sub Grandison out uh, for Coleman and keep Demonte in there. But I understand what you're talking about in terms of kind of mixing the different yeah. rotations and, and having DeMonte in that second unit if you were to do that. I'm with you. My best lineup's usually at the end of games. And I, I think DeMonte would be in at the end of games probably over Grandison. Or maybe Grandison's playing well that game and he plays over Hawkins. I, I don't know. Uh, it depends on the matchup. But uh, I just I like the idea of bringing DeMonte, Alfonso Plummer, 
And we'll talk about, we forgot to bring this up, Omar Payne. Um, maybe he's part of the bench group, I'm not sure, but Luke Goody as well, who, who played well tonight. Um, I, I just think Hawkins in the starting lineup makes a lot of sense. Uh, just gives you more versatility and dy- dynamic ability, as you were saying. I do want to bring up Luke Goody. Only one of five tonight, Derek, shooting one of three from three. Four points, four rebounds. But I saw activity from him, and I saw he's got this vocal quality about him where he's communicating on defense, which is rare for freshmen. And at one point in the game, he just grabbed Curbelo, Kofi, Grandison, like these veteran guys, and like huddled them up at a point where they were struggling, right? And he kind of gave Curbelo a tap on the butt, and, and kind of Kofi was kind of not revved up at that point. And he kind of like jacked him up a little bit. I'm like, that's a true fr- like that's impressive. Like there's these intangible qualities of Luke Goody as a, as a potential role player and eventual leader uh, of this team, maybe eventually, that really impressed me as a true freshman. He's doing a lot of things that, that you like, and that's definitely going to be good in Underwood's book uh, here going forward. And, and they talk a lot about him just doing all the right things. And you saw, you know, any kind of effort play or just kind of contributing in any fashion he could, like hitting the glass or uh, trying. To, he did blow one like bunny around the rim uh, that he doesn't need to be able to finish out there. But uh, his IQ is really, really good. Uh, his energy is good. And then, yeah, a leadership role that he's kind of maybe emerging into and Brad talked about it you know earlier in the week I don't know what that says maybe about some of the other older guys in the locker room and you can kind of dissect that but it's something that uh, is natural to him Uh, I know he he played quarterback that's one thing to talk about but just kind of just his makeup he definitely wants that and wants to do anything he can to help this team I think he's understanding that uh, his time will come in terms of a bigger role and more production and everything but uh, he's fully bought in on on trying to to make an impact any way possible. Do you think he's got a rotation spot early in the season? I mean, I don't know how deep uh, Illinois is going to go, and of course you hope against like Jackson State um, and and some of these programs that you can play some of these guys some meaningful minutes and meaningful games, but you know, Goody, is he eight? Is he nine on this team right now? He's played a lot more minutes than Omar Payne, and let's let's get into that. We can throw this in there. I mean, Omar Payne has played just 17 minutes the last two games, but Goody's, you know, I – Jacob Grandison's backup kind of at this point. He kind of plays a similar role. Yeah, from a need standpoint, you need Payne to play in bigger minutes, of course. And I think that Hutcherson right now would still obviously be ahead of Goody at this point. But I think that he's a guy that's going to get subbed into even games against high major opponents. And uh, we'll kind of just kind of get a gauge of how does he look in maybe that first run and, and – is he holding his own defensively? Is providing something offensively? And then maybe that's a, a decision as the game goes on. Do we keep going to him a little bit more? Uh, there have been times where, like last year, we saw Coleman for a little bit of a stretch. It didn't work, and then he was on the bench the rest of the time. I think it's a good comp. Goody will get those opportunities uh, and kind of just kind of be a feel game by game. But uh, I'd say he's probably ninth in the rotation right now. Uh, but on the topic of pain, like. I'm surprised that we only saw him for nine minutes. And we it wasn't had, a good nine minutes for him either. No, I mean, having the discussion about Kofi's potential discipline from the NCAA as a whole, I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about that. But uh, even that being on the table, I thought that you'd want to get Omar a lot more run and, and get him some confidence and just kind of see what you have there. And uh, not that Brad isn't using a different avenue, maybe sending a message or you he said in the post game, you got to rebound more. One rebound in nine minutes is not good for him, even against an opponent that had a little bit more size. But with his athleticism and the fact he's played two years in the SEC, 
he's got to be more physically imposing and uh, more of a factor, which he just hasn't been in these exhibition games. Uh, I do want to mention R.J. Melendez. Um, you know, not a great night for him. Two points, three rebounds. But he had this two-minute stretch, Derek. It was a four-possession defensive stretch where he had a stone-cold stop and steal uh, on a player that you're like, okay, that athleticism, that length. Brad talks about that's where he can be really, really good is defensively. And then he can do some of the things Hawkins does running the court with his athleticism and length. Um, so he's he's an intriguing prospect there. But then he had a couple rebounds, another good defensive play. There, there was just a flash there, Derek, where it's like he might think of being scorer, but like most of these freshmen, I think Goody understands it. Like what's going to get me on the court? Activity, do my job well. He's a plus 12 tonight, right? Like R.J. Melendez is a minus three, but there was a flash there where it's like, kid, if you focus on defense and use your athleticism and length and really focus on that, I don't know if you're going to find a role this year, but you're definitely going to find a role next year. Yeah, he has a lot of encouraging tools just with the length and, and kind of his build and still some some raw athleticism that needs to be coupled with, with strength and uh, can improve uh, just overall. His physical maturation is just kind of the bottom line with him. But, uh, yeah, I've seen some encouraging things. And you heard throughout the offseason that uh, he, he was someone that was willing to, to do some things defensively that to just try to help out. Um, yeah, he did shoot a corner three that went off the side of the backboard, and that's not great. He's got to uh, be able to be closer but just be more consistent with his jump shot, which sounds like it's been a little fleeting for him. Uh, but that's not, to your point, it's not something you're even really expecting out of him this year if it can be defend a little bit. For a team that, as a whole, maybe needs some some guys, some younger guys, more, you know, Hutch include him as a newcomer on the perim like perimeter or wing spot with some length, because otherwise you don't have a whole lot of that with a lot of the returnees, and maybe he can be a little bit of that. Yeah, I think tonight you come up with a huge concern about that. Um, you didn't have Hutch, you didn't have Williams, two guys that will check guys who are, are bigger guards, but that's a, that's a concern. And, and you don't have much depth of point guard, so if Trent does miss time at any point during the season, or Curbelo would, uh, man, you're in trouble uh, at that position. All right, Derek, uh, I do want to bring up these two guys as well. Jacob Grandison, 3 of 7 from 3. Alfonso Plummer, 3 of 7 from 3. And we saw early in this game, Alfonso was in shoot mo shoot ball mode, and it was pretty good for Illinois. He really lifted them offensively as, as Illinois struggled out of the gates. Also got to the free throw line eight times, got fouled on two threes. You can see how he's a microwave scorer. He's got flaws. He's, he's not great defensively, and he's going to turn it over when he has to make decisions uh, handling the ball. But he he can he can shoot the basketball. Yeah, he's he's really gifted when it comes to uh, putting it up and not needing much space and, and like his release time is is pretty ridiculous. Uh, so when he can get on a heater, you're gonna see that in games where he's just gonna whether Illinois has a small lead and he blows it open to double digits or they're down a couple possessions, he comes in and knocks down back-to-back -back threes and all of a sudden it's a tie game. You're going to see him do that this year. And, and to stay on the floor, he is going to have to show more defensively and you don't want him trying to play make. And there's going to be some shots that he's going to take that you're like, oh, that might have been a forced one. Uh, so you're going to live with some of that. But uh, in terms of a guy that you feel like you can run stuff for or just, I mean, the attention we saw tonight with Kofi and you know that Curbelo – with his pick and roll, like stash him in a corner and make someone make a decision. It, that's that's a knockdown, knockdown shooter, and, and that that was displayed tonight, which is great to see. Yeah, and his ability, um, he it was a fast break, I believe, and he just got to the corner, caught the ball, jumped, 
and it felt like within three tenths of a second got the ball up and swish. Uh, it's just his ability to get it off that quick, and really just to like be midair catching the ball, plant his feet, and go up. Like he's just his footwork is is fantastic uh, as well. All right, Derek, let's let's bring it up. The topic everyone wants us to talk about, which is Kofi Coburn and impending suspension. We don't know um, what it's going to be. Brad Underwood told us yesterday he doesn't know what it's going to be um, or if there's going to be it. I'm not sure. He probably knows more than he let on yesterday, but I do believe him when he says they don't know exactly what it'll be So or that a decision has been made. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, I it'd be crazy if it was a long, long suspension to me, um, but he did break a rule when it was a rule. He knew it. Uh, he thought he was going pro, so that's his fault for not, you know, taking care of all of that. But I, I would think it's only a couple games. But I, I, that's that's my speculation. What I think it should be, and we know the NCAA is uh, that's not always the case. So, just a lot of speculation out there, Derek. What do you think of all of this? I think, like you were saying, I agree that if there were some kind of final decision, he, Brad would have no reason to hide that. Or even if the NCAA gave their ruling and Illinois was appealing, I think that Brad would, there wouldn't be anything holding him back from saying we're appealing their decision and we'll, we'll know those details later. I'm sure that he knows a little bit more probably than what he has said, but uh, it is always hard to know exactly how much dialogue goes back and forth between, you know, athletic department and NCAA when that kind of decision is being made. But uh, I, I think just based on what we do know, which we know that his gear was on the player's trunk, it was sold, he collected money for it. Uh, that kind of, at the time, infraction, you know, in terms of his his eligibility, that, that would have impacted his eligibility. Uh, if you if he has some kind of discipline from that, I don't have a problem with it. If it's one game, two games, I, I think anything beyond that, just based on that, would seem excessive, especially, I'm assuming he paid it back to charity or whatever they, they wanted him to do. But yeah, There might be paperwork and everything that needs to be proven for that. Right? Sure, right, absolutely. Um, the only other thing I could think of in terms of it being more than that is if there's something we don't know. And I don't want to speculate or just kind of, you know, throw that out there like that's something in the mix. But uh, for a guy that did not, it was made pretty clear, did not expect to come back to college if he, you know, worked with an agent that wasn't certified by the NCAA. If there's any other, anything else brewing there which we don't know, uh, that would be the only thing that explains anything beyond two games, in my estimation, in my opinion. Uh, but obviously the NCAA can be different uh, than what we might think. So given what we saw with Omar Payne, I, I just, again, speculation, if, if Kofi were suspended the first game, is the starting line at Coleman Hawkins at center? Like, I, I think that very well could be the case. It might be your, your best lineup if you had to deal with a couple games without Kofi Coburn. Yeah, definitely, especially when you would look at who you're – I don't know Jackson State's roster off the back of my hand. Uh, that'll be my job here, my homework in the next week or so. But uh, I'm assuming they don't have some big bruiser. And even if they did, Hawkins has shown you far more than what Omar Payne has, and Omar's going to have to earn it. It would be, uh, in all estimation, Coleman Hawkins to play the five. And uh, in terms of going like further on down the line against like a Marquette, or far, and hopefully that's not the case uh, – it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see because Coleman still has to show he can battle against bigger, more physical five men. But he is going to give a look. He is going to be an option at the five. And I think even if Kofi is available, like Omar's progression or just how long that takes could impact Coleman playing some five anyway because, uh, you know, 
that's something that Omar's struggling with and is going to have to earn, and they know that they want to see Coleman as a pick-and-pop option and that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, my, my whole thing is if, if it's a couple games for Kofi, could be the best thing in the long run for Illinois to, to learn a little bit about who else because you know what Kofi Coburn's going to bring you. And if Kofi Coburn's available for Big Ten play, that's the thing that matters the most. Sure, you could drop a game or, or two um, that you don't want too early, but this team should be good enough to make up for it. I don't think we're going to be talking about NCAA tournament eligibility here. I think it's just going to be, you know, seeding for them. Um, so that's the other thing I, I just think of is you can gain something by that too. Just like tonight, I thought there was something to gain without Trent and DeMonte, kind of the hearts of this team. I don't know if they're the voices, Derek, but they just set the tone culturally and defensively. I think they learned something from this game, so maybe there'll be something to learn from that, though this is all speculation at this point. We get why it's out there. I think most of this came up, Derek, because we're getting close to the season. We know this is hanging over us. Uh, It is for Brad Underwood, too, and we don't have an answer right now. Yeah, I think that if that were to happen, it would inject some urgency in this team. not to say that it's not there as the season approaches, and it's pretty natural every year, right? It is, Even I, last I, year, we felt we saw it. I mean, they started oh, nine. Yeah. They started nine five last year. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, imagine the conversations we were having after the Maryland and Ohio State home games, and and that stretch there. I know it's the fact that you come off of what was that run from January through the end of March and just playing that high-level basketball and then you enter again with high expectations. You expect almost to hit that same stride and say, okay, we're coming back and we're just going to end it a lot differently type deal. But uh, there is some maturation process, new team, new chemistry, kind of feeling out their own path there. But, uh, I mean, it's easy to make the comp of if Kofi were out, similar to last year's team benefiting when Iowa was out and, and having some other guys step up and, uh, be challenged, and then just, you insert that piece back in there, and you have all your team operating at a higher level, higher capacity. So if that were to happen, of course, you're, you're not wishing that your yes. preseason Big Ten Player of the Year is, is not out there. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting next week or 10 days. Yeah. Well, we got 11 days before the next one. We'll certainly get some news, hopefully, on Kofi uh, before then. Otherwise, he'll play. Let's just play if we don't have anything uh, lined up here. Uh, but Illinois defeats Indiana PA 94-79. to That's the preseason. Uh, Brad Underwood is thrilled. I would not want to be in those practices the next couple days. Uh, but, man, he's going to have a lot of fun with this. I'm just imagining Brad Underwood. Uh, we saw, I mean, the biggest smirk on his face because we see him getting – ticked off on the sidelines we saw it in the first one Derek and he's just trying to find things to be angry about maybe we just figured him out that like these games he wants to be ticked off and this team gave him something to be ticked off about he's gonna have the biggest smile when playing back to film I'm sure it'll be bright and early tomorrow morning them doing that and uh, be interesting I don't know if we'll, we'll know but how hard they end up going in practice and that whole kind of thing but it's a humbling experience it's, it's challenging his team uh, and it's, it's something that sometimes it's hard to really resonate with your squad where you can have a practice and play against yourselves and, and say, we're not, we're not good enough. And like, okay, it doesn't maybe catch on or, or really hit home. And, and then you, you face St. Francis and you blow them out by 80 points. Uh, this kind of deal when there's stuff on film that's obvious and, and being in a tight game with the D2 squad, uh, that's something that you can use and, and should be able to 
to get their attention, and, and that's important. You had the chance to be embarrassed nationally, right? Um, if this game would have been thrown on some Sports Center highlights, if Illinois would have lost this one. All right, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We'll be back after the Illinois Rutgers game. Joy Wagner and I to recap that one. Uh, everybody have a great night. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.